I'm Kat. And I'm Aaron. And this is You Expect Me to Choose Just One. And this is our mental illness series. And we hope you enjoy or at least learn something. Yeah. Um, all right. So today we're talking about kind of like working through mental illness in a day-to-day setting and kind of how that goes. Yeah. Essentially, it's exhausting. <laughs> like, not to say that it, uh, like, it, I don't know, that it's life is just harder all of the time for people with mental illnesses and they cannot be separated at all from their mental illness. I'm just saying that, like, day to day life generally seems to be more exhausting for people who are not neurotypical or don't have or people who don't have mental illness like for other people it seems to be a little bit more difficult and exhausting to get through well why exactly is that all right so uh one thing that like you're kind of constantly biting your brain when you've got a mental illness. You're kind of like, or even when you aren't fighting your brain, like, and and you're just kind of letting that mental stuff hit you full force, like, that's still so exhausting mentally to deal with. And also just like, I don't know, emotionally, like it just hits and it's so heavy. It feels really heavy. Like I know it's just like the illness and the depression and the anxiety are just in my head, but it, but it leaves me with very physical effects and like it feels very heavy. Uh, it's really interesting how that is, how your mental and emotional state can actually affect you physically. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, currently, I'm having a lot of back problems, uh, more than I should at this age. And I, I don't know exactly what's causing it, but I'm almost positive that it's from anxiety because I tend to hold all of my tension and stress from anxiety in my shoulders and back. That sounds healthy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can be hard. Um yes. And also like another way that it's exhausting is not only are you fighting your brain and and trying to deal with these things and still live that normal life that you're expected to which i have lots of feelings about i the way that we are expected to have a normal life and be a successful member of society is very hurtful to people um because like some people that's just not they are fully a a successful well-functioning member of society if you want to put it that way if they go different paths than they're expected to, but like there's, it's so ingrained that you have to go this specific way to do things. And I am very annoyed about it. Uh, 
Yeah, the world seems to be set up for like one type of person to succeed. Yeah. And it's awful because there are so many other types of people. And our world would be so much better if we set it up for everyone. Anyway, um, so with with mental illnesses, you're generally fighting your brain and a lot of I think every uh, mental illness generally has a side effect um, of trouble sleeping, whether you're sleeping too much or not enough. Um, either one leaves you more tired than uh, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. So that certainly doesn't help at all. <laughs> no, definitely not. And mental illness isn't just like, it does affect people other than when they're experiencing like depression or anxiety because it's in the back of your mind. It's like always there, like you're always worried about it, even if it's not something you're currently dealing with. Yeah. And like, even if I'm not in the midst of a depressive episode or I'm not like feeling anxiety at that moment, I know how quickly I can go back into those spaces. And so there's a lot of ways to uh, be able to handle those things better. Um, but like currently at the moment, it makes it so like just hard to deal with because it's always there. Even and that fear that it's going to come back is always there. So how do you deal with it? Well, uh, there's a lot of coping mechanisms, um, good and bad ones. Um, I am not going to talk about the bad ones because you probably like, it's pretty easy to tell when a coping mechanism is bad. Uh, because it's not helpful <laughs> or or it's helping you with what you're feeling in the moment but it's not helpful later and it's hurting you or other people yeah it's destructive in some way and yeah it's like focused on the now and not on the long term there are coping mechanisms that you need coping mechanisms for yeah <laughs> Uh, so some good ones, uh, journaling is really good. It's really good to just get your thoughts out on paper. Yeah, I agree. Um, what kind of goes with that is like talking to other people. I find journaling easier than talking to other people, but either way it works for different people. Yeah. Sometimes like journal, some, I go either way. Sometimes I journal, sometimes I talk to people because sometimes like when I'm journaling, I will uh, spiral into like the bad thoughts because mm. um, there's not anyone there to stop me except for myself. And I'm bad at stopping myself. Yeah, I'm much better at like seeing both sides of it and seeing where reality is. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And like, I will see reality and then ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I, I prefer to talk to people um, when, when I'm in specific mindsets. Uh, also, a quick detour back to spiraling. Um, I'm going to use that word spiraling because to me that's what it feels like, just going in a spiral down and down and down. Uh, but oftentimes it's called 
catastrophizing. I don't use that word because I can't say it. (laughs) It's not a good word. (laughs) No, catastrophizing. That's how you say it, right? Catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. um, Respect to anyone who can say that word. I can't. I'm using spiraling. (laughs) Um, that's just what I mean when I say that, like, I'll go down and down and down into a hole where things just steadily get worse. Uh, yeah, so I like having people around or being able to talk to people, um, because, like, even if I'm just in the same room as someone who, like, I care about and I trust and I'm thinking through something and I'm starting to spiral a lot of the time just being in the same room as someone can let me realize okay no things bad things aren't gonna happen i have this person here with me if i need them they can help me and like even that can help me stop myself a little bit more so reaching out to people can be really good depending on how you're feeling and There's a lot of ways to do that, even if you don't have friends or family who have the right resources or knowledge or you don't feel safe talking to them about that. Uh, There's a lot of helplines, like the National Suicide Line uh, for America is working on turning it into a three-digit number. Yeah, right now it's like a 1-800 number, but they're working on it to be like one akin to like 911 or 511. Yeah. And I, so like, and there's also lots of other like call lines, um, places you can call when you're struggling, like not even just with suicidal thoughts, um, but with other things, um, or you just need someone like there's a lot of other lines that you can call. And if you're like me and calling, um, makes you really anxious or you just don't like doing it, um there's a lot of places where you can text yeah instead or if you just need somewhere to like if you just need to know that there's other people out there who feel the same way that you do um because i promise there is there is lots of blogs and lots of stuff on social media where you can find places where people talk about their experiences and how and you can find places where those experiences are similar to yours personally i really like listening to music or slam poetry that has those types of things um especially the the slam poetry or the music where it's talking about all those negative experiences, but it also talks about how those experiences can be more positive as well. Mm. Yeah, like 21 Pilots in particular, like a lot of their songs, not as much their new album, but a lot of their songs talk about mental illness and struggles with that. And like, they'll talk about um, a lot of heavy stuff in in the form of really fun songs. Um, <laughs> But in all of their songs, they also, like, they don't leave it as just that negative experience. 
uh, there's some positive positivity and some help in there. And uh, it's often there without you even noticing it, but it definitely gets into your brain and that helps me. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I think that's similar to like how you said other people can keep you from going down because they obviously will try to spin it and make it a little bit more positive. Yeah. Or sometimes people are like, there is nowhere I can make this positive, but I'm going to give you a, a hug, cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I will have these kind of conversations over text <laughs> um, because that's easier for me sometimes to like be able to say these things without having to um, look at this person and think of them as a real person that I know. <laughs> uh, and you would not believe how many times I've gotten people to say, Kat, I wish I could hug you right now. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot. There's been quite a few. Okay, so other things that help. Uh, Breathing exercises are really great, especially like going back to spiraling again and again. Um, breathing exercises can help with that because it's something else to focus on. And also breathing slowly and deeply calms your heart rate down. And so like has a physio physiological effect of making you less uh, anxious or or whatever it is yeah i learned recently that there's actually a breathing exercise built into google like if you're on like you use your google assistant or something you're like okay google give me a breathing exercise that actually will and it and it's i haven't actually done it it's like a minute and it's pretty helpful yeah uh and going along with like breathing exercises um like mindfulness um and grounding exercises like those are kind of the same they fall into the same category of just giving you something else to focus on. Uh, yeah, something that helps you relax a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I can never remember what they are, uh, so I don't <laughs> often use them. But uh, this one time I was like mid-panic attack, and it was a Sunday night. I was alone in my room, uh, and a friend had texted to check up on me. And I was like, I am in panic attack. <laughs> and so he called me and he just talked to me for a while. And it was really good because I could just focus on his voice. Uh, and then his phone died. <laughs> but he, um, I'm not sure how he did it. Uh, he notified another friend of ours, though. And she called me. and. Uh, she kind of like, I mean, I had just gotten hung up on <laughs> and I figured there was a good reason, but I was really panicking because I was also like before that call had been having a panic attack and I already get anxious about calls and then someone had hung up on me. So it was a bad situation. Uh, but this other friend called me and that was good. And she talked to me and she realized that I was panicking again. And she talked me through a grounding exercise that she uses. And that really helped because not only could I focus on her voice, I was also trying to focus on the things around me. 
um, along with that, like mindfulness, there's a lot of little things that you can do or like, I find noticing the little things helps me a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is sometimes not good when you're dealing with like sensory issues in the moment, but like sometimes when I find like it's really nice to focus on like okay I can feel this and this and this like I'm here and I'm here right now in this moment I don't need to be worrying about these other things yeah I find it helpful for me to like step back and like notice how the light is cast in a room and like how that makes it like the feel of the room rather than what's in it that really helps me a lot. I don't know why exactly, but I don't know. Maybe you could try it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I uh, rely a lot more on touch. So I'll try and feel like what I'm touching and what's touching me in the moment. And I also, uh, words are going, they're gone. Can't remember what I was going to say. Um, maybe I'll remember in a minute, but <laughs> <laughs> I do know that sometimes, like when things really don't feel real, it can be really good to touch something, like to touch a person and be like, okay, this person is here and they're real because I can feel them, so I must be real too, kind of. Like, that's how it feels to me a lot of the time. <laughs> okay, so other things that can help is it can be good to catch things if you can do things preemptively. Yeah. Um, so if you can, like, notice that you are in a place that might trigger a panic attack, it can be really good to step out of that place before you have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's not always possible and not always easy. But yeah, if you notice, like, I'm in a place that is not going to be good, then getting out of that place or changing what's going on is very helpful. Yeah. And sometimes uh, when I'm about to go into a depressive episode and I can kind of tell that, like, I'm going there, I'll let a couple friends know. I'll be like, hey, I'm going into a depressive episode. Like, I can feel it happening. I am really sorry if I do not reach out to you the next few weeks. And then usually, like, I don't expect this to happen. I should at this point because it happened more than once. But usually after I say that, like, I'll have those friends check up on me a few times and, and make sure that, like, I'm okay. And sometimes they'll make plans and stuff for me to come to and so it can be good to like let people know what's happening before it like starts happening yeah a lot of the things that you have to deal with though with mental illness are things that just come up mm -hmm. and you have to just deal with them as they come which isn't always easy because you don't know what's coming yeah uh Another thing that I really like is, this is a fun one. Um, this is one that you, this is a tip you'll usually find on with places of, uh, where people talk a lot about neurodivergency. Uh, but I find it's really helpful too. And um, it's a lot of symptoms of neurodivergency and like 
mental illness kind of intersect. Uh, but one thing they'll talk about a lot is using Comic Sans to like read and write because it's kind of easier to read. Like Comic Sans was made for people with dyslexia to make the words easier to read. And so I'll use Comic Sans. I just started doing it this past year and it's been really helpful because it's like, oh, I can read this and I'm understanding it. And instead of like going into a, I cannot read this, I am not processing any of it, I must be awful, sort of a thing. And it goes downhill really quickly. And so using Comic Sans has been really helpful. Cool. Um, so as somebody who's outside, like not they're not dealing with a mental illness, but they want to help their friend, what can those people do? Well, like I kind of mentioned earlier, making plans can be helpful. And don't don't make plans that like you're gonna guilt trip trip your friend into and plans that are going to be overwhelming like i mean of course it's going to be different for everyone but i think for the most part like make those things be chill and like just a few people like you and maybe one other friend so there's like three of you and keep it very relaxed and in a small familiar environments like personally that's what helps me um especially with anxiety because it's like okay, there's less things to freak out about because I'm in familiar places. Yeah, I do have a friend who gets anxious when he's, like, when there's a smaller group and would prefer a larger group. Yeah, I'm not like that because large groups, I'm, I am an introvert and large groups tend to exhaust me a lot faster. And so when I'm already exhausted because it... The anxiety and depression have been hitting me hard it's really nice to be able to go into a small group that's not overwhelming so yeah it depends on the friend just just like everything else yeah um yeah just making things for people to do for that person it can be very helpful because it helps you get out of the, whatever rut you're stuck in yeah and like honestly even just going with a walk for your friend with your friend or like getting them into their backyard or whatever whatever you can do because there's a good chance that your friend has not been outside in a while <laughs> yes there's a very good chance yeah and being outside is really good for you like physically and mentally and so if it's possible, it's really good to go for a walk or go into the backyard or something, or even just sit on the porch. Just get your friend outside if you can. Um, there's lots of like, I know it helps like some people who have had been dealing with depression have said that it's helpful just for a friend to come over and like do their dishes or something or to do other little service. Because there's just like so many things going on and it feels really overwhelming. And sometimes I'll hit a point where like there's so much that I feel like I can't do any of it. And so for me, like just one thing getting done 
feels great. Yeah. And yeah. So just like realize you can't fix it, but you can help. That's that's like the big thing. You cannot fix your friend's mental illness, but you can help them deal with it. And yeah. So just like be someone who's there for them, who can be there for them and help them with what they need, whether it's listening to them or talking about a totally different subject yeah, or anything else in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you have a good day. Yeah.